Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Hope you're well. Welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant, where I count you down through who I believe are the most relevant players across Supercoach, Dream Team, and AFL Fantasy. Today, maybe an, another surprise for people. Yesterday, we revealed George Hewitt. We're staying in the back line. Daniel Rich is who we are discussing. And after a couple of days off the episodes, we thought we'd get him back on board. i got Louie. Hello, mate. How are you? Good. Thanks, MJ. What about you, mate? I'm good. And look, Daniel Rich is a, is a fascinating player. Again, remember, this is about the most relevant across all formats of the game. Some coaches might be going, Daniel Rich, in your 50, MJ, you're losing the plot. Well, okay, sure. Maybe other coaches might, playing different formats, going, Daniel Rich, only in the 40s? Are you kidding me? That's okay. That's why this isn't just about one format. It's about putting all the formats of the games together. So for the super fans that play multi-formats, You've got these players to look and discuss and see all the upside. All right, so let's jump in to Daniel Rich. He is 31 years of age, defensive eligible yet again in 2022. His top score last year across the formats were also career high scores for us. Uh, Well, actually, that's not quite true. In AFL Fantasy, it was, but not in Supercoach. His top score last year in AFL Fantasy was a 131. That is a career high score. While in that same game in Supercoach, his best score last year was a 138. His career Supercoach score did come against Fremantle, but about 12 years earlier, back in 2009, it was a 149. From an average perspective last year, he got a 98 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and a 107 in Supercoach. Yeah, he was pretty spectacular in that format. He's going to set you back $582,700 in Supercoach, just over $820,000 in AFL Fantasy, just a fraction under $840,000 in Dream Team. And Louis, when we sit back and almost take the fantasy football side out and just think about those Brisbane Lion games, one of the real reasons that side has really found form over these past couple of years is that move of Daniel Rich out of the midfield into becoming that quarterback general off halfback where that elite booming left foot has been so critical in setting up not just rebound 50s, but also converting into scoreboard impacts for the Lions. Oh, absolutely. He's a guy who knows how to find the footy, obviously, uh, previously being a midfielder, but that move to the back, back lines, he's averaging 640 metres gained in 2021. So you can actually tell that his teammates are looking for him, looking for him to be the guy that sets up play down the ground so that they can create it further up the ground. So it's been a pretty inspired move by by Chris Fagan, and uh, he should be... He should be thereabouts playing that same role in 2022, which is why we're talking about him today. Yeah, it is. Look, you you mentioned that um, elite numbers from a metres gain perspective. He he was ranked first in the league for total metres gained in 2021. Similarly for rebound 50s and also for total kicks, while he ranked 11th for effective disposals in the league in total and 17th for intercepts. He, he's just an incredible footballer. You're right. That, that role's not changing 
anytime soon. He's going to continue on being that general off halfback for the Brisbane Lions. And last year, from a fantasy perspective, in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he averaged 98, just the nine tons last year. And the good news is played every single game for us last year. And so to go, oh, hang on a sec, only the nine tons and averaging 98, what does that mean? It means simply this. Just the one score below 80 all year. He had seven additional scores of 90 plus. So 18, um, sorry, not 18, 17 scores of um, 90 plus last year. 16 scores, sorry, should I say. So it's just incredible scoring consistency. He ranked eighth, uh, sorry, sixth for averages um, amongst all defenders that we've got eligible this year. He's ranked third for total points of all defenders available, while in Supercoach, that average of 107, 13 tons. About half of those over 120. A further six scores between 90 and 99 and just two scores under 80 all year. Last year in Supercoach for points, the number one defender available in the game and ranked fourth for averages. He's a supreme footballer, and the Lions and fantasy coaches love it when the ball's in his hand. Yeah, they do, and you can tell that by the amount of marks that he takes every game. Like I said, his teammates look for him. He's got that high kick-to-handball ratio. He's a guy who only has about three to four handballs a game, Yeah, and he's not really a big tackler either. So the fact that he's got that high floor is just a testament to how much he's still finding the footy, and that's part of the reason that he was so consistent in 2021. I mean not dipping below 80 for the whole season is just uh, seriously impressive. But uh, when you start to look at the flip side, he's not actually gone very high above 110 either, MJ. No, certainly not in AFL fantasy and dream team. There's one score over 120 all year. uh, And that was a 131 against Fremantle, which is a career high score. Different in super coach where you're a bit more rewarded for how well you use the football and then what happens as a result of that um, from a scoreboard impact. So it's certainly that format he's more favoured, but over the past couple of years, he's shown that basement to hold him in high stead. And while we want to play with high ceiling, if you can have a player that won't burn you, you can build around that with some low ceiling, sorry, low basement guys with the occasional flirting ceiling, like in 2020 last year um, in, in Supercoach, um, th- average of 90 um, for us in that format of the game, um, it, while the year prior to that, he averaged 96. In that same year of 2019, he averaged 88 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team um, and an adjusted 84.25 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. So we've really got three years of data to suggest he's a a guy that's around that 90 to 100 market in Supercoach, right through to the high 80s into the 90s in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. But Louis, whenever a guy has a career year at 31, both from a possessions perspective with a career high 26, from a career high super coach perspective with that 107 and a career high AFL fantasy and dream team averages of 98. The the first question people probably want to know as we discuss him today is, can he hold? Can he get better? Or is regression the only trajectory now for a Daniel Rich? Oh, look, you certainly start seeing red flags when a guy at 31, turning 32 in 2022, averages 98, which is plus 10 points. 
uh, based on anything he's ever done from a fantasy uh, perspective. And maybe that's partly due to the new kick-in rules. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's probably going to pick up about, what, 20 points from kick-ins, obviously three points per one. Um, but now that you start getting to that sort of age 31, you do start to worry, when does that cliff come quicker and when does he start to slide? So uh, in the role that he's in, I'm not massively concerned. It's a pretty, um, it's a role where you get looked after a little bit at half yeah, back. You don't exactly have a man standing on you, uh, checking you all the time. You're actually, and you can see by the amount of marks that he takes, you're actually got a bit of space to be able to use the footy and, and spread to take marks and bring your teammates into the game. But um, at a certain point, that's going to regress, MJ. And uh, when you do have a career best year at 31, which was plus 10 points on your best ever average, yeah. uh, the only thing I can think is that perhaps it, it just starts to go down. Yeah, I, I don't see a world how that gets any stronger than what it is right now. Um, It's really hard um, to grow, like in terms of, you know, 21, 22 kicks per game, almost six marks per game on average. The the only area of the game that there's really much opportunity for him to grow as a halfback is either if the Lions game style drastically changes and becomes more possession retention heavy, which I just don't see, given the cattle they have, or he starts picking up the tackle count per game. But again, that's not what he's in the side to do. He's there to create space, to get into um, damaging positions for that little 30, 40 meter sideways kick, and then to use his skill to open up the angles and open up the game. I think a possible good news for people if they're worried about maybe some regression is there's no Grant Birchall in that side anymore. There's no Luke Hodge now, several years removed. So who's going to potentially take away some of that monopoly? I I don't see Coleman having much of it. He was flirted with down back last year, but I I don't see him drastically impacting the amount of ball opportunities for Rich. Similarly with Archie, I don't think that experiment really worked for Brisbane. They did recruit a real dashing halfback um, in, in the first round in Darcy Wilmot, who I do like for them long term but again he's he's not the same style of player of Richie's he's it's all about leg speed and run and carry with him whereas Rich has never really had either of those skills um it's been that elite boot so I don't see him falling off a cliff drastically but like you I also don't see a world where he'll burn me if I go against him with big ceiling games, certainly in AFL fantasy and dream team, maybe, maybe occasionally in super coach, he might, but I just don't see that upside that if I pick him, or sorry, if I don't pick him, I don't think that decision will come to bite me in the backside by round four, five, six, seven. You're spot on. And that's where the starting price that he's got actually comes into the equation. So just because he was so consistent means that he comes into 2022 uh, I know in AFL Fantasy, he's priced at 820-ish K. Um, but you look at his what he's priced at being a 98. He actually went under 99 13 times in 2021. So there's in every AF, single yeah. chance that uh, he's going to lose money based on his starting price. So that's where he becomes a bit of a tricky and awkward one. Yes, he's going to be a point of difference. And yep. no, he's not going to burn you. I mean, he had the, the floor of about an 80. But yep. that's where you need to 
you need to juggle your team and figure out how much upside does this guy have? And unless mm. he's reaching his ceiling consistently or going up above that 98, I don't know, five points, then you start to bleed a little bit of cash and you start to fall behind all the other coaches that you're competing with, especially at his price point, like I said. Yeah, look, the, the, the reason you're picking him um, in your starting side is because you're just wanted to bank something consistent in your teams. Like even though you look at his splits for the year, um, pre-buy and post-buy, 99 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 96 after the buy in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 104 in Supercoach pre, 110 post. Um, like that's marginal difference, you know, a handful of points across both. So I think if you are looking at Rich, you're looking at him for someone to be dependable and consistent and the ceiling is not what you want. You're going, I just want someone I think is going to play 22 games um, and, and not miss. And, and for the better part of the past three, you know, three seasons, he really only got one year in 2020 where he missed four games and that was it. So that's the mindset of why you pick him, but I'm in the same brain space as you with Louis. That ceiling in AFL fantasy and dream teams, just not there. So I'm going to take him on while in super coach, I think he's going to be a really, really nice pick. Um, but I like the ceiling of others. Um, and that's even at a comparable price to him. Um, I don't think he'll regress too far off what he's done. I, I think he'll be mid nineties in AFL fantasy and dream team and hundred to 105 in super coach and, you know, be there and thereabouts the mark. But, but for me, I, I want some ceiling games out of the guys I'm starting off with. I don't think he's going to hurt me. And so, therefore, he, he's an upgrade target for me. But I see a world, probably more in Supercoach than the others, but I see a world in Supercoach where, where someone would, would happily build their starting squad with him in the mix. All right, let's talk draft before we wrap up this episode. He'll be a D1 probably for someone where he goes. But that's, I suppose, the difference. And I'm keen to see where you'd rank him because there's the ADP, the average draft position of where a player may go, Louis. But that's not necessarily where you would personally rank or rate him in your own draft order. So for you, we know he'll be a D1 for coaches, um, just purely based on where he is and who's in the mix. Unless someone goes defender, defender with their first two picks, he'll be their D1. But would you pick him as a D1 in, you know, maybe an AFL fantasy scoring format? Oh, look, we've all got um, coaches we're friends with that look at that ADP like it's like it's the Bible and just yeah. follow it to a T and he's the next best player. Um, and I can't knock them for that. Like we sure. said throughout this whole podcast, he's a super consistent player and I don't think the cliff's coming, uh, not uh, this year anyway. I think he's going to be there about 90 plus, which is, which is very good for a defender. Uh, for me personally, um, I'm thinking he's probably... I would be happier to have him at D2, sort of yeah. taking him in that third, fourth, fifth round, the later the better. Just yeah. let another coach take that risk because, well, not really a risk, but let another coach have them because uh, as you stated, MJ, he's not a player that's necessarily going to hurt you. And there's going to be players that you'll be able to select afterwards or even players you might be able to stream that are going to score sort of 80 plus and be thereabouts anyway. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So many people play these games in in a different strategic mindset. Some, when they draft, they're always looking for ceiling, ceiling, ceiling. And others are drafting and going, I don't care about the ceiling. I I want the least amount of variable range 
of scores. So I'll draft for consistency. And so that's that different mindset of how coaches kind of look to it. There's some like yourself that go, you know what? He's not going to burn me. I'll take him on, which means I probably won't get him on draft day where others go, Oh, I hate having a defender that goes 121 week and 60 the next. I'll take Mr. 90 every week. Thank you very much. Um, and, and so that's, again, coaches have different strategies and, and mindsets of how they go about it. And I suppose that's the thing that makes draft and all of fantasy footy a nice, fun difference of how we all go about it as well. Hey, mate, appreciate your work today on this episode. No, thanks for having me, MJ, as always. Uh, if you want to go and read the article on Daniel Rich, it is live now at coachespanel.tv, as well as all the other plays we've revealed so far in the 50 most relevant. While you're there at coachespanel.tv, just in the past 24 or 48 hours, Louis actually revealed for free his full AFL fantasy team for you to see. And he has got an absolute chunk of analysis for you to go and check out of every player he's picked, why he's picked them and the mindset behind it. Seriously, you've got to go and check that sucker out. It's like 3,000 plus words of analysis that you do not want to miss. So if you play AFL Fantasy, Louis got that article up for you right now at coachespanel.tv. If you're loving these podcasts, you can get them 24 hours early by becoming a Patreon. All the links for that also at our website, coachespanel.tv. All right, tomorrow, number 43 in the 50 most relevant. Here's a clue. I'll, I'll stay in the back line. And it, it could be a big call, but I'll put it out there as the clue for you. Choosing to start or pass on this player could be the most season-defining move. If the trend continues, you'll never get him if you pass him. But if you start it and it goes pear-shaped, again, you'll never forgive yourself. Who is this fantasy jet that could make or break your season in the back lines? I'll tell you about him tomorrow.